Welcome back to Borderline, the magical multiversal musings of a mentally ill magician. I am your host, Podcasting's Danny Butler. Wherever you happen to be watching this or listening to it, please do hit subscribe. Please do hit like if you're watching the YouTube version. And why wouldn't you watch the YouTube version? You can join in and follow my weight loss journey. Hit the bell as well. It lets you know when there's a new video coming out. That's if you're on YouTube. If you're on iTunes, that means nothing. So, welcome back to my show. I've been to see Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, and I loved every mental minute of it. Doctor Strange. Right, so if newcomers to Borderline, uh, anyone that's listened to an episode of this before, be well aware this show is the, the show The Bat Bill. I'm a big Batman fan. It comes up a few times in conversation. Um, very important character to me over the course of my life. But there are other superheroes that I'm into, other comic books, other characters. The Invisibles gets a workout on here. And Doctor Strange is someone that hasn't really come up yet, but he runs Batman a close second in my list of favourite heroes. Many reasons for this. Many reasons. I might even tell you some of them. But um, the main reason is that he's self-created, like Batman. I'm very drawn to heroes that are self-created, that are men that have put in work, rather than being gifted by falling out of the sky from another planet and getting adopted, or um, falling into a vat of electric eels, or getting bitten by a radioactive dingo, or whatever the thing happens to be. You know, and suddenly they've got powers, and they've got... Uh, I like heroes that have, like, worked and trained and studied and acquired their skills. Batman, obviously one of those. Doctor Strange, too. A regular guy that went in search for a cure for his broken hands and his broken mind went east and found it, but also found more. He found magic, which engulfed him. He went full on into it and he came out the other side, the Sorcerer Supreme. Bit like me. That's what I wanted to happen to me because I wanted it to be real. I want that to be a real thing. I want it to be real that you can go to the East and study these things and learn magical powers. And guess what, dudes? You can. Oh, I've got some stories coming up. I'm, I give not a shit anymore. Take the piss all you like. I've seen some stuff and I'm going to share it on here today. Or at least a couple of stories. That's what this is going to be, basically. It's going to be a... Check the, the thing's running. A review of the film, sort of. I'll try not to spoil it. Um, but also, we're going to go off on little tangents and stories and things as they doth occur. It's a good film. It is a sequel to Doctor Strange. Um, and it concerns itself with the multiverse, which is something that's introduced in that last Spider-Man film. Spider-Man No Way Home introduces the concept of the multiverse via a spell that Doctor Strange casts that goes wrong and opens up various portals to various alternate versions of this universe or the Marvel Cinematic Universe because that in itself is an alternative version of this universe. I hate to be the one to break it to you. We don't live in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I wish we did. And there's a Discord I'm on. Reality shift. There's people that believe you can do it, that you can jump between different versions of yourself across the multiverse. They've got a Discord. They discuss it in great depth. Um, and some of them can do it. They claim they can do it. I mean, I can you? I don't know. I wish you could. I mean, if you could, I'd bloody do it tomorrow. And I know exactly where I'd go as well. <laughs> I know exactly which universe I would jump into and what would be happening there. But alas, alas. But... Yeah, people believe you can actually do it. I don't know if you can. I've, I've tried and failed. So that's all I can tell you. 
Or have I failed? I'll get into that in a bit later on, actually. Remind me. Remind me to tell you about that. So this film continues that concept from uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, the sequel to Far From Home and Homecoming. And I can't wait for the next one, Home Alone or Home From Home, or whatever they're going to bloody call it. They're spitting this out like a spider's web. <laughs> but this film concerns Doctor Strange. You know, things are happening and he gets involved. There's a, not this is a very minor spoiler, but there's a character that can move across the multiverse and she's on the run and she ends up on Doctor Strange's doorstep and then off for adventure, the Scarlet Witch gets involved. My biggest Marvel crush, I'm not going to lie to you, Scarlet Witch is the one for me. Of all the Marvel girls, <laughs> some like Black Widow, you like who you like. I'm a Scarlet Witch guy. I think she's gorgeous. So... Um, <laughs> too much information, Buckles. But, um, yeah, this adventure takes place across, uh, slightly disappointingly, only takes place across, I mean, we see lots of multiverses, but only in brief, we're really concerned with three universes in this particular film that interact and uh, overlay wonderful surprises, fantastic cameos. Um, both characters and actors. It's everything you want in a Marvel film. I enjoyed every second of it. I get the criticisms. I've seen some of them. And it's a Sam Raimi film. And it's a proper Sam Raimi film, right down to a Bruce Campbell cameo. Mild spoiler. But if you're a Sam Raimi fan, you know that's happening. Come on. You know what I mean? That's not a spoiler. I love Bruce Campbell. Um, and I believe the car, if you, have, if you follow Sam Raimi's his car, that car appears in all of his films. I believe that's in there somewhere as well. I didn't spot it and I was looking, but I'm assured it is in there. I have to go and watch it again. But this is a full on, I mean, it's a horror film. There's no two ways in that. It is a horror film. Uh, it's terrifying, actually, in places. Genuinely terrifying. And Raimi, ex Raimi sorry, excels at that and really sells it. And you get all the sort of Raimi-esque shots and quirkiness and stuff if you're a fan of his work you will love it superb performances across the board can't fault one of them really good night at the pictures the, at the multiplex the multiverse multiplex woking cinema talk about a cinema that's a multiverse of madness that place and i've changed you feel like you're going for a portal go in there that cinema was falling to bits it's our local cinema to where i am here and it was always disgusting it's an independent one it was always dreadful. Three screens and it expanded to a couple more. It was falling to bits. It was absolute crap. And, and awful screens, awful layout. It looked like it was designed by somebody who just didn't care. And it had rats. Rats, proper rats at the end of its time. I'm not making this up. Not like, oh, there's a scratching noise in the walls. Could that be rats? Do you think it's rats? Or is it the Phantom of the Cinema doing his rounds? That scratching. No, I'm talking about like looking down, hearing a scratching noise, and you're looking down at your popcorn, and a big fat rat tucking into it, looking up at you with a machete in his teeth. Proper rats. You could see him wandering up and down the, the aisles. Disgusting. You complain, get ignored. And it was a wretched hive of scum and villainy. The last film I saw that I walked out. One, the rats, two, the talkers. Who's the bigger rat, I hear you ask? Yeah, vermin of a different breed. Scum! Going to the cinema for a chat with their mates, throwing popcorn, not even looking at the screen, running up and down the aisles, horrible kids. That know. Vile, vile cinema. Avoid, avoid, avoid. And the people of Woking did. Thank God, because it went bust, like it should have done. 
And um, like it deserved to. That place deserved to fail. That was the slum landlord of cinemas. Anyway. It had a <laughs> it had a reboot over COVID. It was completely gutted and torn apart from the roots upwards. Someone bought it. I think someone's bought it. Who knows what they're doing? And now, oh, it is heaven. It is beautiful. It's beautiful. It's one of the best cinemas you could possibly go to. You've never seen a transformation in a place like this. Beautiful screens, big and comfy, IMAX style. Wonderful rake. There's not a bad view to be had in the place. Comfortable seats. You've got a drink holder and a thing. The best snacks you can find in any picture house. I mean, you'll pay for them, but what cinema doesn't overcharge for their, their confectionery? And uh, and that's that's a weird thing, isn't it? You know, it's never the same when you bring your own. You know, when you go to Sainsbury's and buy yourself a bag of caramel popcorn, it's never the same as the cinema stuff. There's a weird cycle. It's like Coca-Cola always tastes better on a hot summer's day in a pub at a glass bottle or at a pizza express. Why? Who knows? These are the mysterious workings of the multiverse. But now you go in there, you're comfy, and a girl comes out at the start, stands at the front of the screen, tells you to turn your tells you to turn your phone off. Someone's monitoring it as well. Comes in every couple of minutes to have a quick look around, make sure there's no talkers, no one's spoiling the film. She even said that at the start of this thing. She came out, welcome to Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. Please don't spoil the ending. Don't be that guy. Told the whole audience, got a round of applause from me. That's how I like my screens policed. When I'm a dictator, when I become the Victor Von Doom of this area, that's the first thing I'm doing. The cinemas, they're all getting armed guard. Anyone talks, not only are you out, you're going to get a kicking out the back as well. Can't bear cinema talkers. Oh, they're the scum of the earth. Who goes to a cinema for a chat with their mates? You know, you've got pubs, mate. Piss off. Let us have the screens. So it's a wonderful concept. That idea of the multiverse does appeal to me. It really does. You, know, you can skip to an alternative version of yourself. Have a different life. Because made a different life based on different, different decisions that were made. Different set of filters. Different conditioning. You can do that to an extent. One of the gifts, actually, that was... Because I've been on the Doctor Strange journey. This is the, this is the, another thing. I've been on his journey pretty much. I've, I've, I was thinking about it the other day. And it's, it's pretty much the same. I, I I I was depressed. I even right down to the broken hand, right down to the smashed hand, so I couldn't you know do the things I used to do. Um, you know, and I t I too went to the east because I found no answers in the west. I um, don't get me started on Bridgewater House. Do not get me started on Bridgewater House. Oh, that gets its own episode, mate. Once I've checked out the legals. Awful institution. But, um... Yeah, I mean, I it, it was all spurred. My little spiritual quest, I've alluded to it on past episodes, was all spawned by a, a search for happiness. Like Doctor Strange. Answers. Answers to my plight answers ways to conquer the demon of my own depression and uh, and it took me eastwards um via the roots of Taoism, zen chaos magic back in the day you know traveling i've been to the places done the things i've been to kamataj if you like <laughs> or as close as you can get to it in the real world anyway 
I saw an incredible thing one time, man. I was out in Thailand at this, uh, the Nagas, I believe it's pronounced, the, 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 the serpent, the Buddhist serpent spirits. They're, they're part of Buddhist magic. They're, they're, they're these serpent spirits and they, they're like an intermediary between uh, the, the meditator and the gods. And um, there's a temple in Thailand for them. It's a beautiful temple. It's got the, a gi- the giant Buddha in the, uh, in the mountain looking out over the sea. There's a big 200-foot tall job. But there are these statues everywhere, these little shrines to different snake serpent gods. And people go up there and make offerings. You go up there into the hill. Very beautiful. They're all covered in gold. It's open. It's open. But there are monks there as well, actually meditating and practicing. Um, it's a real temple. It's not a tourist thing. But you're allowed in. At certain times, and people have got there with um, with their wishes, their offerings, and they put them on, the, they hang them in the trees around the snake, hoping that this this spirit's going to take their offering, their their request to the other side, and then come back with an answer. And I'm up there, as is my want, and I was uh, I meditated for a bit. That was very powerful, actually. A bit, a bit of comp- I did some. Uh, I just meditated for a bit. <laughs> I won't go into the method that I was practicing at that time. And um, I see a guy. There's this gong. And the idea is, it's a gong that you sound. You don't hit it. You, 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 go, you go up to it and put your hands on it. And then you move your hands in like circles. And then it starts to vibrate. And then that vibration produces the gong sound. Anyone got to it? And then, no one can get it. You can get it. I sort of got it going a little bit, like as I'm, as I'm rubbing this thing, a little bit of a vibe, a sound, a bit of. And when it's but when it's vibrating, you do feel that you feel these vibrations going up your arms. It's like a deep tissue massage. It's a beautiful feeling. And um, so I can get it going a little bit. I'm chuffed to bits with this. And then I see this guy. Now he's uh, he's this is this is way before COVID. This is a good three or four years before COVID. Longer. Um, but he's wearing a mask is why I mentioned that. He's wearing a mask, like a like a scarf over his face, sunglasses. He's got his hoodie up, even though it's hot and sunny. Little tiny fella. But he's going through like what looks to me to be a Jigong form. He's doing these sort of movements in front of the statues. And they're very, very precise. They're very, very in sync with things. Uh, Shinzen Young's got a story about seeing a guy at a um an airport picking up his bag off the luggage thing. And he could tell just from the way the guy moved that the guy was enlightened, that the guy was in tune with what is. Just the, the, just the surety of the movement and the way he moved. It, you know, you could tell. He, he walked like a panther. This guy was like that. There was such a surety about him. In the middle of a busy temple, he's just in his own groove. And he genuinely, you can tell, he gives not a shit what anyone thinks of him. And he's radiating a kind of a power. People are giving him a wide berth because they're feeling it. You, you, you can't fake that level of charisma. I'm feeling it. And I'm cynical. Do you know what I mean? I'm not a sucker for this stuff. Um, I, I'm, I'm very wary of these like false gurus. I can smell them. I can smell them a mile away. You, you, when you start moving through sort of spiritual communities, every second, per, there's a lot of snides. There's a lot of um, backhanded compliments and you know, looks and... People that are there for the wrong reasons. They're not genuine. There's an awful lot of an awful lot of them, particularly in this country. Um light workers. You know, I'm a light worker, you know, and then and I, I heal. I'm a healer and a light worker. But in their personal life, they're backstabby, they're ugh, don't like it. Keep away from me. But 
Im, oi, there was something real about what I was seeing. I couldn't quite make it out. And there was a guide there, little, little, little Thai guide. I asked him, what's this guy's deal? What's he doing? Do you know? Do you know what that is? And he says to me, oh, he's a, he's a, uh, what was the word he used? Not a nath sorcerer. It was a, because that's a different thing. Um, maybe a Naga sorcerer. He's a Naga sorcerer. Very powerful sorcerer. And I'm like, what do you mean? Wow. That's why he wears the mask, because um, he works in the village. He's not a rich bland. He works in the village. And if he comes up here and does that, and people see that his face, they'll recognise him from his shop, and he'll get a queue a mile long of people turning up at his doorstep asking for requests and healing and magic, and can you make something happen? And uh, so he wears the mask so that he can do his practice and no one knows who he is. And I was thinking at the time, I might, I'd wear the mask just to look cool. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Vanity, I'd wear the mask and the thing just to look like a real super. He looked like a real superhero. He's doing his thing. Two things happened. The first thing was this. Um, he went up to the gong. It was his turn. And all he did... Now, I'm not exaggerating this to make it a better story, right? This is what I saw. I know I've got to get people... Oh, no, what you thought you saw, what you didn't see. Richard Dawkins. Christopher Richards. There's no magic in the word. This is what I saw with these eyes, right? I'm not going to tell you what I think was happening, but I will tell you what I saw with my eyes. He goes over to this gong with, with a total, total confidence. Like the, the surety of the movement. He goes down on one knee. He places his hands on the gong doesn't move his hands as far as I could see and whoo, this thing starts vibrating whoo, I can feel it 20 feet away whoo, this is the real Doctor Strange shit whoo, I'm expecting a portal to open up any second whoo, amazing I'm feeling it everyone's feeling we're all looking at him like ah, Jesus Christ and then somebody out of his line of sight gets their phone out to film him Starts to touch their phone up. Whoa. He stops. He Now, she's behind it. She's not in his line of sight. I'm telling you right now, she wasn't. Because, you know, Richard Dawkins, he probably saw her at the corner of his... No way where she was standing. I, and he just spun. Vroom, and he looked directly at her. Like he was looking directly at her, pointing like this. And she sort of went, oh! Like, because it made a jump. And he did like a... Like a no gesture with his fingers like no filming and she put her phone away she sort of mouthed sorry and then he turned back to his he turned back to his gong now when i say her i mean me right it was me right i did it i got my phone out not not to i was thinking i wanted to get a picture of him because i was so impressed it was me it wasn't her there was no her it was me and that's how i know there's no way he could have seen me because i was looking at the back of his head right the back of his head, he turned around, looked straight at me, gave me that. And I, nope, you're absolutely right. Put my phone away. Embarrassed, ashamed of myself that I would record this man's practice. Turned slowly back, hands back on the thing. Whoa, got his vibrations, then turned it off. Then he turned and he saw a kid watching. He beckoned the kid over and he showed, and he put, got the kid and he showed the kid that what he was doing. He did the sort of movement to get it going. And then he made it smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And then it was like, until you couldn't perceive it. Basically, his hand was moving. He was doing it you know, with his hand. He was moving his hand. But the movements were so fine, you couldn't see it. And it was, and that to me is more magical than him doing it with the force, you know? 
He was so in tune with this gong, made this, this, this incredible noise that you could feel through your whole body, the vibration of it. I've had little gong baths and things. <laughs> God. You need a gong bath for your chakras, lie down, and I'm going to hit a gong. All right. But this made me believe in that because I, I felt afterwards when he finished, you felt amazing. You could feel your teeth vibrating. And away he went. That was the story of him. He did that. And then he got up. He'd done his thing. He bowed to his, his various gods, god forms. One more little round of the movements. Bow. And away he went down the hill. Did not stop to talk to anyone. Didn't. Just doing his own practice. It wasn't like a thing where at the end he turned around and put his hat down for the tourists. He was doing his own practice. Back he went down to the shop. Apparently he works it in the village. Anonymously. No one knows he's this guy. Ay, powerful Doctor Strange-esque times that was. How are we doing for time on this show? Oh, wow, that's eating up a bit, isn't it? I love that stuff. I love seeing it. You know, the more you look for it, the more you see, you know? That's the key, man. The, the, the whole journey of Doctor Strange. You know, in search of magic. That really was my journey. I've I've been searching for magic my whole life, if I'm honest. And found a little bit, not much. I mean, it's, you know, but found some stuff that, you know, that has helped me a lot, that works. It really works. I'll share some of it on the channel. I've started sharing this sort of thing on the channel. If you're not a subscriber to the YouTube channel, there are some videos that aren't borderline going up now about the slightly weirder things that people seem to like. So, uh, yeah, do give that a sub. It's not that unusual. The idea of living in a multiverse is not that weird to me. I don't mean li like s switching dimensions, but you, you do kind of live. We all, we all live in the universe that we create, you know, out of our own nervous systems. Out of, you know, there's what's happening out there, which we'll never see, by the way. You never, ever see base reality, ever. And that's not hippie pie in the sky, Doctor Strange mentalness. That's neuroscience. You just don't. You know, the, the light hits the eyes, the brain creates an image, projects it out, and you're looking at the projection. That's how you... The eye never sees anything. The brain does it all. Um, similar with sounds and that. And then, you know, information comes in. There's beliefs, perceptions, ideas, conditioning, massive conditioning, PTSD, if you're really unfortunate. Um, and then it's projected out, and that's the universe that you live in. And you can be in the room with two, you can have three or four universes happening simultaneously, you know, in, in one room. If there's three or four people in a room, there's three or four different universes happening. A multiverse, if you will. Because they're all creating their own universe. And one of the little gifts from having a brain that's leaky, which I have, I uh, the, the empathy side of the thing that I've got, um, you, you can see it happen. I can, I, you can wake up. In a loving, caring universe where everything conspires to help you, so it seems. You feel, you know, everything's beautiful, colours are bright, you're happy. One little triggering event and boom, you're immediately transported to another universe. Because the brain chemistry shifts and suddenly what was beautiful isn't. What satisfied you doesn't. What tasted great not two hours ago no longer does. You're in a hell realm where all you see is, is sadness and misery. Everything is... Horrible, you can't create anything. All your ideas are just rubbish to you. And then 
like weather, that too passes. Then you're back in a creative realm, you know. In the space of a day, you can move through multiple universes. You know, your own individual universe that you're creating. Um, it's, it's just a bit more pronounced when you've got a brain like mine. Or maybe like yours. I don't know. The show's called Borderline. I'm sure a lot of the listeners are in a similar position. And I hope that's actually. I actually hope that's the case because if you are of that nature, you're you're not alone, mate. You're not alone because it can feel lonely, you know, when you see the world a certain way, and and you you, you suddenly realise no one else sees it like you do, and are you the only one that sees it like this? Don't worry, you're not. So, so it's a cracking film. Do go and see it. Do go and see it. It's pacey too. It's a nippy watch. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't lag. There's no, there's no sort of breathing space in it. So I'm going to go and do a deep dive in my Doctor Strange comic books. I reckon that's going to be me. I'm going to kick things off with uh, Triumph and Torment, Doctor Strange and Doctor Doom. I got this is a book I coveted for years. Let me I've got it here actually. Let me here. You are. You're watching the YouTube version. <laughs> that bad puppy. Coveted that for years. I remember seeing it at um years and years. When I first started going into comic book shops when Forbidden Planet was different to what it is now. It was all car Forbidden Planet back then. Now you go in there, it's like going into like a really high-tech, beautiful, laid-out shop. And they've only got that month's comic books. They haven't got the cardboard boxes. But back in the day, it was all cardboard boxes. You could go back years into the archives looking for issues. And I was trying to... I saw that in there. Doctor Strange and Doctor Doom, Triumph and Torment. And it appealed to me. Two of my favourite characters. Victor Von Doom's going to get his own episode at some point. But um, couldn't get it. Couldn't, I didn't get it at the time. And then when I went back, too late. Couldn't track it down. Years and years wanted to read it. 20, 30 years go by. And then finally, Chris Power... Chris Power, the, the close-up sleight-of-hand artist. I've spoken about him before on here. Um, he had a copy, and he sent it to me. We're friends, like, but he, he knew I was looking for it. He was having to clear out. He found his copy, and he sent it to me through the post as a little kind of a, here you go, Mr. Buckler. So that's uh, that's what I'm going to be doing this evening. Doctor Strange and Doctor Doom, Triumph and Torment. I love it so much. I've read it before, but I'm going to revisit this, this quote here. Pain, pain is like love, like compassion. It is a thing only for lesser men. What is pain to doom? Victor Von Doom. Ooh. What is pain to doom? What is pain to buckles? I'll tell you what pain to buckle is. My neck right now after this horrible bloody ooh, muscle thing I've got going on. But that's coming to an end. Thank you doctors and thank you drugs. Right. Um, that's Borderline for this week, my friends. Uh, subscribe, review, come back next week. 
Thanks for listening. Take care, my friends, and good night. All the best.